Hey everybody, welcome back. On today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit about the different types of aggression that we see in our pet dogs. Um, but before we get into that, I'd like to just take a moment to introduce myself if you don't know who we are or if you're new to us. My name is Anthony Holcomb. I'm the owner and dog trainer for Anthony's Canine Services here in Tucson, Arizona. We have a little bit over 10 years of experience in helping uh, pet dogs with aggression. And uh, you can follow us uh, in all the popular social media channels, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. So... Without further ado, let's get right into our show. Okay, so... The first type of aggression that we like to talk about is fear-based aggression. Fear-based aggression is usually a dog that's acting out of defense, and it's typically known as a fight-or-flight response. But ultimately, the dog is confronted with something that they are afraid of, and they're using aggression as a defensive mechanism to keep what they're afraid away from them. So... A classic example of this is when we have someone in our home and our dog barks at them, charges at them, backs up, their hair is standing on their back, the dog typically does not want to take their eyes off of this new person. That is a dog who, generally speaking, is acting out of fear. Again, it's a defensive mechanism, so the whole point from the dog's perspective is if I act menacing and I intimidate you and I, you know, bark and I growl and I show you my teeth and if I make my hair stand up on my back, I'll, I'm perceived to be looking a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. I'm menacing. Therefore, I'm intimidating you. And that for those types of dogs is a defensive mechanism, more or less. But, but deep down inside, that dog is afraid. That dog doesn't want you to get near it. And it's working really hard to, to, uh, to uh, express that. Now, we also see this uh, with dogs on a leash as well. So when we're walking our dog, we have a dog who's pulling, barking, snarling, growling at a person or another dog on a leash, generally speaking, that dog is also acting out of fear or defense. That dog is expressing itself and saying, hey, I don't want you going anywhere near me. And secondly, when we're talking about fight or flight, a dog who is tethered to a leash doesn't have the flight option available to them. They know they're tethered. They know their means of escape is has been taken from them and they're using again aggression as a defensive mechanism to um, keep you know the other dog or person away from them right um, and the same thing here like with uh, the other example I gave if the dog is keeping 
you know, their eyes on you and not taking their eyes off you. And they're not showing excited body language. They're not, you know, wagging their tail and that kind of thing. That dog is probably afraid of you and you should probably not approach that dog or try to interact with that dog because essentially what you're going to do is you're going to put a lot of uh, social pressure, physical, uh, spatial pressure on that dog and that dog is it's going to increase the stress involved with that dog of being afraid and that dog is very, very unlikely to... Um, be accepting of that. You're going to make things harder for that dog. So a general rule of thumb is we don't want to interact with dogs that we don't know very well because we don't know how they're feeling about us. Now, there's an exception to that rule, right? Actually, there's an exception to a lot of what I'm going to say today. There's always a dog out there that is an exception to the rule. Now, if a dog is on a leash wagging its tail, acting, you know, very excited, it's very, very obvious that dog is probably a little bit socially driven and that dog wants interaction from you. But in regards to today's show, we're talking about a dog that's fear aggressive and like that happy-go-lucky dog, it's going to be incredibly obvious that that dog is not interested in, in, um, in in interacting with you so fear aggression hands down is the most common thing we see in pet dogs and this can also be coupled with territorial aggression okay so territorial aggression is another common type of aggression but it's a bad combination at least in my opinion when a dog is a fearful in general you know, whether it be through life experiences or it's just part of that dog's personality and profile and makeup, a lot of times dogs can be territorially aggressive. So this is the dog that you see that does a little bit of barking when they hear the doorbell or maybe they hear something outside and they do a little bit of barking. That dog is typically just saying, hey, I can hear you. I'm here. And that's about the extent of the intention. The dog is really just saying, hey, I'm here. I hear you. I hear something. But I'm here. And so that dog barks. Doorbell is a great example, right? The doorbell is the, probably the most common uh, example that we see of territorial aggression. Dogs, the dog hears the doorbell. The dog barks. The dog is saying, hey, I'm here. And I hear you, right? Um, however... Um, territorial aggression is also is a form of barrier aggression, right? So there's there is generally some sort of physical barrier in between you and the dog. Now, uh, like so, windows, fences. Um, when a dog is traveling with us in a car, the dog's barking through the window. That's also a, a form of uh, territorial aggression. Um, and typically speaking territorial aggression is not a problem for us unless we're talking about that fearful dog right so fearful dogs can also act territorially and at least in my opinion this is a bad um, combination right so if the dog is acting out of fear territorially that dog is perceiving 
the noise or the person or whatnot as a little more threatening than they are uh, the, the dog that is not afraid. Okay, so the other type of aggression that uh, that I made a note of that I would at least like to talk about is uh, dominance, right? And, and and dogs using aggression to achieve dominance among other dogs. Now, this is something that does exist. Um, we don't really see this a whole lot in regards to people and dogs, though. Like I mentioned earlier, there's an exception. <laughs> there's a dog out there that's an exception to the rule always right um, and I'll give a, a couple of small examples of dominance in regards to the relationship with our dogs but generally speaking at least for the the purpose of this uh, topic I'm referring specifically to dogs being dominant with each other right and so the most uh, and so when we're so let me just take a step back and define dominance among other dogs. Generally speaking, we're talking about a dog who is using aggression to make another dog be submissive to them. So what this looks like is a dog who walks up to another dog. This could be a dog they know, a dog they just met, a dog they're playing with. It definitely requires a second dog, right? <laughs> but the dominant dog, the dog who's looking to be dominant, generally speaking, will walk up to the other dog and place their head on top of the other dog's neck or shoulders. And they'll stand real tall over that other dog. Their tail may, may even um, stand straight up in the air and be real stiff, right? And that dog is essentially asking for submission from the other dog. If the dog does not belly up, the dog who's trying to be dominant may use aggression to achieve submission from the other dog, right? And uh, this is something we will generally see like in the dog park. Um, or whenever we have a large group of dogs with each other, daycares, um, dog, multiple dog homes, you t it requires it requires two dogs ultimately, right? But dominance, aggression is used to achieve dominance amongst dogs, amongst themselves, more or less, right? So um, it doesn't happen all the time. It's it's not very often. Um, but it does exist, and I thought it was important to kind of uh, make a point to just cover that really briefly. Um, now, I did mention there's a dog that's always an exception to the rule, right? And we, we generally don't see this as often in our relationship with dogs. So the human-dog relationship, very rarely do we see dogs trying to be dominant with us. But uh, there is a small percentage of dogs out there that will do that, right? Um, an example, at least in my opinion, is you're asking a dog, your dog's on the couch, you ask your dog to get off the couch, and they growl at you, or they, 
snarl or they curl a lip or something. Now, this is in this particular example, the dog knows exactly what you want and what you're asking for. The dog is just choosing um, not to get off and they're using aggression as a means of saying, hey, you're not going to tell me what to do. So um, for me, at least, that's kind of just one example. Um, there isn't a really a whole lot of other examples in that regard. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about like resource guarding because dogs use aggression to guard resources. Um, but um, that's not the same thing as a dog who's necessarily trying to be dominant over us. Okay, so um, that's really the only example I can kind of think of in regards to dogs trying to dominate us. We very rarely see this. It's not something that's very common. Maybe 1% of dogs might try to dominate us. And if you're having that problem, you should probably call a trainer. <laughs> um, but in any case, uh, aggression is used to achieve dominance in social structures. Um, and that brings us to resource guarding. I just mentioned resource guarding. So this is a dog that is using aggression to guard uh, an object or a resource that they find value in. So typical, the most common types of resource guarding or aggression that we see is dogs that are guarding food, water, toys, or any object that they may they might find value in. Um, this is very common. This is easy. This is easy to identify and spot. You attempt to walk by a dog while he's eating. He freezes over the bowl. He stops eating. He stands very still. Starts to maybe growl, or bark, or maybe charge at you a little bit. It can happen in a various type of ways, but this is a dog who's guarding or protecting uh, something that they find value in. Um, I also think it's worth mentioning that uh, affection from humans, affections, affection from owners, is also a type of resource that dogs will guard or protect from other dogs, right? So, it, again, very rare in that a dog growls at another human as they're walking by when they're being petted by their owner or something like that. We typically see this uh, when it comes to um, multiple dogs. So an example of this would be a dog who is being petted by a human being, generally speaking it's the owner, and the other another dog in the home or maybe out in public or wherever the whatever the case may be a second dog happens to come on over and see that one dog see that the dog is being petted and says hey let me come on over there that looks fun i want to get petted too and the dog that's already being petted uses a, aggression as a means of saying stay away this is mine it's it's this doesn't happen with all dogs, right? This is totally dog dependent, but it is absolutely something that I have been called enough in enough times for that it's worth mentioning here. The reason why uh, a dog uh, thinks it decides to want to guard the affection 
or being petted from a human being is because to that dog, it feels really good. The act of petting feels incredibly good. And if you if you do enough um, research on on a dog's anatomy, you'll you'll know that dogs have more nerve endings in their skin than we do across their body. I thought I thought she was snoring. I thought I heard her snore. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so. So dogs have more nerving in their skin than we do across the, their body. So this is very obvious. When we start to love and, and pet on a dog and we start giving affection to a dog and we're petting them and massaging them, it's very clear by that dog's body language and facial expressions that that feels incredibly good to them. And things that feel good can be, uh, can be valuable to... Not just dogs, but people too, right? So, um, so we do see this, and we think it's worth mentioning that dogs will use aggression, um, and they can be resourceful over affection from people. We think that's important, and we think it's worth mentioning. Um, dogs can also be a little competitively aggressive as well. Um, I really kind of only have one example of this, but we have a dog that likes to play fetch. They are chasing a ball, and um, and let's 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 use the dog park as an example. We take our dog to the dog park to go throw the ball, and in general, away from the dog park and away from a dog, our dog likes to play fetch. They love to chase the ball and bring it back to us. And then we go to an environment like a dog park where there's other dogs. Our dog may become competitively, competitively aggressive. So what I mean by that is you start to throw the ball for your dog. Another dog in the dog park decides, hey, that looks like fun. I'll go chase the ball too. And as your dog and the other dog start to chase the ball, the dog uses aggression to prevent the other dog from getting the ball. That's an example of a dog who's using aggressive, uh, using aggression to be competitive. Um, it does exist and we think it's worth mentioning, but I don't have a whole lot more on that. One last type of aggression that we would like to talk about, that's controlled aggression. This is generally done through training and uh, we're probably referring to like protection work of some sort. We're teaching a dog to protect us and we're training them. We're using aggression to achieve that, right? We're teaching the dog to be aggressive and bite other people uh, as a means of protection. Um, there's also protection sports out there and, and uh, it, it's, not very, it's not very popular among the general population, but, but uh, protection sports do exist. This is a this is something that is um, competitive. It's it's a scoring. It's it's score oriented, just like any other type of competitive event. Um, and uh, we're we're using aggression in a controlled fashion for the sake of achieving points in, in competition. Um, but when we're talking about controlled aggression, we're talking about using dogs to protect us or bite other people in one of those two ways typically speaking we're looking at like personal protection or competition sports 
So that's another type of aggression that we think is worth mentioning. Um, we're not going to get too into the concepts of those things, but I do think it's also worth noting that uh, it's a very common misconception that dogs will protect us naturally. This is uh, this is actually a very um, uh, false statement. Dogs do not protect us naturally. It is something that has to be taught. Um, it has to be. It is something that is done through training. And it's very, very, very common for folks to think a dog is protecting us when they're actually acting out of defense and they're um, really kind of just protecting themselves. But, you know, the dog is acting aggressively when someone comes through the door. We think the dog is protecting us. But nine times out of ten, that dog is actually afraid. Again, there's an exception. There's always a dog out there that's an exception to the rule. You know, you might hear a news story here and there about how a dog saved us. Um, that kind of stuff does happen. But as a general rule of thumb, um, that doesn't happen on a day-to-day -day basis. Your territorial dog and your uh, fearful dog are not protecting us, okay? They're, they're using aggressive aggression as a different type of means. But this is a skill. This is a historical thing. Historically speaking, we have... Been teaching dogs to protect us, livestock, other things of that nature, and and that 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 can be done with dogs, but they don't they don't come out of the oven that way. They it's something that has to be taught and practiced and perfected, and um, most of most pet dogs that are biting people today or biting other dogs today, without doubt, is happening out of fear. So that's all we have for you guys today. Um, feel free to leave any comments or questions uh, about what you heard. Um, there's definitely there's definitely probably going to be some things that I didn't necessarily touch on that I was hoping to. Um, but hopefully you guys got the under the gist of it in terms of uh, the most common types of aggression out there in pet dogs today. That was my primary focus was pet dogs and the different types of aggression that we may see in regards to living with them. So that's all we have for you today. Hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll catch you next time. Peace.